All right, we are live. So, everybody, I am here with a wonderful, wonderful gentleman who has been, I believe this will be year number six for you. Year number correct. six. Correct. This uh, uh, March, correct? Yes, sir. March 18th, 2017. March 18th, 2017. Okay, so yep. going on year number six. And then you have myself who is single, so we definitely can both give um, different points of view on this. But last week I did a a status um, that said um, whether marriage was ministry or not. And so I said that no, but it can be. But um, Mr. Antonio, he came with his point of view and says, yes. And so uh, what we decided to do was I said, hey, you know, he said, let's sit down. Let's have a live about it. I said, let's let's do it. I'm always down for um, a dialogue, a conversation um, with someone who is knowledgeable and who is on the other side. So, uh, Mr. Antonio, I'm going to make sure I say the last name right. Consetta, correct? Consenta. Consenta. Okay. All right. Yeah. Make sure I get that together. Uh, Mr. Consenta is going to be here. He's going to be giving his point of view on whether marriage is ministry or not. So you can go ahead and uh, introduce yourself and then we go ahead and get this conversation started. And then we're going to get out of here because you're a married man and I know you don't want to take time, too much time away from your wife. So we go ahead and uh, get this over with. So That's right. Uh, well, number one, Mm -hmm. I am uh, Antonio Consenta, like he said. I am the proud husband of uh, Leah Consenta and the father of uh, AJ and Judah, who is before us in heaven with the good Lord, but I am still both of their fathers. I've uh, been married for six years. Seems like it was just yesterday, and um, I'm enjoying the ride. It's a great ride it's a uh it's a journey that's causing me to be a better man and uh causing me to grow but i enjoy every moment of it gotcha now before we dive into the marriage being ministry or not what do you believe for you know the men that are not in the space that you're in what do you believe is one of the greater lessons that you've learned in your years of marriage that has kind of helped you maintain because you know, in our current culture, marriage is something that is looked at as almost a chore or almost as like a war zone. But what for you has helped you to maintain the validity that you're living today? Well, I would say that uh, the main thing is it goes back to our point. Mm -hmm. It is a ministry to me. Mm -hmm. And uh what it does it if it's done right you'll become more like christ mm -hmm. and it and if you're going to be like christ is going to require you to die mm -hmm. and as you die you actually become more alive and so the more you die to your pride die to looking out for yourself first then you actually do become happier because you're giving. People that give are happier. People that sow into others are happier. And then when you see the results of the person um, that you're sowing into, uh, you see the growth in them and you see the growth in the relationship and the closeness and the, the vulnerability 
uh, like Tim Roth says, vulnerability is a superpower, and you just re really never know the beauty of vulnerability is until you put yourself out there to say, hey, I'm putting myself on the back burner. I'm putting you first. And then the rest, the rep, the rep, uh, reciprocity, reciprocity of that starts flowing back to you. And you realize I wasted all these years trying to do for myself, where if I would have sewn into them, I would have benefited quicker because as people see that you're putting them first, it, it if they are wise, then they'll start putting back into you, and then the the reciprocity starts flowing. That is good. We hear a lot. Um, so diving into the uh, topic and the title of today's live is marriage ministry. Now, here's my stance on that. I believe that it can be ministry if it is both individuals is walking towards a particular label that they want to put on there. So if it's two people, they come together and they decide to say, hey, you know, this is a ministry. We want our ministry to serve as an example to those that are from the outside looking in. Then we can have that conversation. But I don't necessarily believe it is an initial uh, intent because I believe that that is two individual story that they allow people in to so that they can become a part of the journey, but it's not necessarily something that they're just, okay, we're going to open up our lives to, you know, another group of individuals and different things like that. So that's initially where, you know, my thought process is coming from. So I want to hear about um, your thought process as far as marriage being ministry from the very, very beginning. Um, <clears throat> the reason I say it has a, a ministerial lean is because, uh, think about how the Bible is. The Bible is bookended by two marriages. It starts with the marriage of Adam and Eve. It ends with the marriage supper of the Lamb with Christ and his church. And the function of that marriage is a give and take. I give myself to you. And then through reciprocity, you give yourself back to me. I initiate my sowing into you and you sow back into me, which is the relationship between Christ and the church. Our love for him is a response to what he has done for us. And so we are ministering one to another. All ministry means is to serve somebody. If somebody is waiting at a, a table for somebody, that's that's ministry. They're serving. They're ministering unto them. It's just it's it's just that word kind of gets a negative connotation of oh that means you're you're preaching or you you giving out tracts. But no ministry could be I help an old lady get her groceries in and so that's what that's why i say marriage is ministry is because you are giving of your service to your spouse and putting them before yourself because eventually if that person is wise i always put that on that if that person is wise and they see that hey 
Antonio is giving his all for me. He he works late. He's uh he thinks about me. I like that. So I want to reward that behavior by saying, huh, what does he like? Okay, he likes this. I'm gonna get that back to him. And it's a volley, it's a vol you volley back and forward that ministry. And so we're helping and growing one another. Okay, so your point of view is the reason why it's initially that is because it is a service unto each other. And because it's a service to unto each other, it can be an example um, to those that are looking to dive into the institution because obviously marriage is an institution and that's, you know, that's one of the things that uh, most uh, officiants will read into the, they'll read to the vows. That's it. Unpack so, that. What do you mean before an institution? So institution is a facility or a place where there is a constant learning or there is a style of learning. So when an individual goes to a particular college, they'll say institution because it's a learning um, element. So when I went to school and the school that I went to, Georgia Southern, it was the institution. It's to institute principles, um, lessons, um, information that brings either an enhancement of a particular area or to dive into the understanding or the greater understanding. And so to me, um, you know, before you even dive into marriage, even being a ministry, I dive into the institution because obviously it's a lifelong journey of learning someone because, you know, what we see now, and I know with you being a married man, you know, happily married man for, you know, going on six years, you know, I'm sure now a days you see so much stuff and I come across so much stuff where people are looking at marriage from the standpoint of the benefits, but they don't look at it from the sacrifice. And so for me, one of the reasons why I kind of look at it as it can become a ministry is because everybody's not, everybody's not diving into marriage for the ministry aspect. Everybody is diving into the institutional aspect, which is I get the benefits of learning this particular individual, but getting the rewards per se. Okay. So one of the rewards of marriage obviously is the sexual aspect, meaning that you are able to have sexual relations without intercourse. Another thing is, you know, you get tax benefits of being married. You get, um, if you have children, um, which, you know, if, if you have children outside the institution, you know, you get those other benefits. To, so there are some benefits. However, um, as you being a married man, there are some sacrifices that I think they go along the lines of ministry that I will say that I agree with. But I believe initially, um, to me, marriage was more of a, it was more of a responsibility to lay down your life for another. What do you think about that? Well, that's a, that's a lot to, to unpack. Um, <laughs> Let's start with the aspect of um, it could be ministry. Okay. Because you said that some people don't go into it 
for the ministerial aspect of it. Mm-hmm. But does that change the original intent just because someone used it in the wrong way? That would be my question to you. If I give you a vacuum cleaner, mm-hmm. right, and you right. try to drain your pool with it, you malfunctioned with that product. You went against mm-hmm. the original intent. The original intent is to get lit, lit and particles off the floor. Now, just right. because you violated the original intent does not change the, the original intent for or purpose for that thing. So just mm-hmm. because people use marriage in the wrong way or for the wrong purpose or just for the, like you said, the tax benefits, uh, the sexual aspect of it, that doesn't change the original intent. The original intent was to display the relationship between Christ and the church. And we can't get away from that being the basis of the relationship that you have the uh the prototype in Christ being the perfect man dying and giving himself for his bride so that his bride can be presented to himself perfect without stain or wrinkle you know what i'm saying it and they minister to one another you know the church has an aspect of ministering to Christ by furthering uh, the benefits of their relationship. You know what I'm saying? So just because people have construed, misconstrued what it is doing in their life does not change the original intent of it. Gotcha. So you're, so from the standpoint that you're coming from, you're coming from the standpoint of the original intent. You believe that the original intent was to be a representation of the ministry, but primarily it is a a symbolic representation of Christ's love for the church and laying down his life. And so we being the church and him laying down our lives, laying down his life for us, the church, that we in turn give that aspect of give that aspect of ministry to our spouses where we're laying down our lives on behalf of another to get growth, the results. And as growth takes place, remember he asked mm-hmm. you to take up your cross and follow me. So mm-hmm. he gave his life first but you still okay. have your cross as well. So it's mutual uh, far as when it comes to the natural relationship. Of course, he gave way more than we can ever give, but right. in, in the natural aspect, the man is the lead, the head not because he's better, but that's the position God gave him. So mm-hmm. he should die first. And in response, wait, time out, time out. Hold on, hold on. You said something, cause and 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 this is one of the reasons why you know. And we're probably gonna do some more podcasts together, cause I can already see, you know, we <laughs> we definitely have some similar points of view of that. So dive into the part about the man and how he dies first. Dive into that because you have an are experiencing that as a married man. Dive into that aspect just. A, a bit some because I think sometimes in our culture, 
the men are expected to do all of these wonderful things, but nobody talks about the death process. So dive into that. Well, if you die first, doing the other mm-hmm. stuff becomes easier, right? Okay. You can't humiliate me if I'm already humble, right? Jeez, yeah. You can't kill me if I'm already dead. You know what I'm saying? So, right. In in, I just be transparent. In the relational uh, aspect of you know going back and forth, say you're in a heated conversation, and mm-hmm. some things are said out of emotion, and sometimes you know how we are. If a woman crosses the line, even if it's a undefined, unseen line to anybody else, it's an mm-hmm. internal line that could be trauma from you as a child and a female did something to you as a child and it's the little boy responding to this woman that's in front of you she might as well be talking to the eight-year-old you because she crossed a part of you as an eight-year-old that hadn't healed yet and you respond out of that pain from the past trauma that you hadn't dealt with Mm -hmm. if that was dead in me then I then I don't have to respond even if that even if the response was meant to hurt I I don't have to respond because I'm already dead you know what I'm saying I, I'm I'm dead to react to things because we're human so we're gonna feel things right I can say something to you and that initial burst of emotion comes. At that point, you have to be a mature person and decide what are you going to do with that energy because I don't have to respond in the way that I feel. I make my actions flow off my thought process because anytime I allow somebody's somebody else's behavior control what I do, then they've got more control of me than even Jesus Christ has because he doesn't make us do anything. So I'm not going to let anybody else outside of me have more control over me than the Lord. So once I die first to myself, then it's easier for me to function in the role as a husband. Okay, so the reason I ask you to <laughs> highlight that, and, and, there's, and there's the reason, you know, main reason is because, like... Did, did you my, want me to go into what it looks like? Oh, we can go into what it looks like. Let's let's do a little build up before we dive into that. Let's okay. let's do a little teaser. But my my mentor said the exact same thing. Um, I was walking um, the Atlanta Beltline probably about four or five weeks ago, and we were having a conversation about um, husband. And one of the things said he said to me was he said, as a husband. He said, before you even, he told me, he said, before you even get married, he said, you got to be dead. I said, well, what does that look like? And he said, those, almost those exact sediments of you can't affect a dead man. Like you can't affect my emotions. You can't affect, you know, my point of view. You can't affect my direction because I'm already dead. And so the response that you're going to get from me is the character of Christ. So when he said that, I was like, I've never heard that before. So the fact that you are bringing that up, it just, it correlates with what he said. So the death process, you know, uh, don't go too deep into it because I think that 
uh, individuals that get a chance to be introduced to you today, they should have, you know, the opportunity to check out your podcast, which what's the name of your podcast? So um, the viewers can know exactly where to go to get, you know, more information, because that's very, very good what you just gave us today. We we have the Faithful Few podcast, Faithful okay. Few podcast, and we are streaming on YouTube, and we mm-hmm. also are available on all um, platforms that have podcasts. It's Apple, Spotify, mm-hmm. Anchor, whichever one you want to find us on. We are there. It's me and my uh, childhood friend, actually my high school uh, schoolmate, Kevin Coleman, he does all the production work, uh, courageous mm-hmm. productions. He um, he does documentaries, films, whatever you need. Hit him up. Uh, any videography work, and we work together. Come up with the show ideas, and we talk about family, uh, being a parent, being a man, being a man. Marriage. You, not, now you women. now you gonna make me now you gonna make me have to make a trip. Birmingham ain't nothing but I think like three hours and thirty minutes. You will have Come me on. make a trip on a random day and say, hey, listen, let's sit down and let's have a conversation because there's some things um, from a man's perspective that I am learning. And there's some things from a man's perspective that I have learned. Um, I don't necessarily dive into it online as much because I'm not I'm not exactly in that the space just yet, but eventually, you know, one day when I do get into that space or whatever, like there's some things, you know, from the Mary standpoint that um, I'm going to throw out there that I didn't sat down, prayed about and said, you know what, that does make sense. So um, definitely now diving into what does that look like for a man to be dead in the aspect of marriage? What does that look like? Like, you know, you can give it, give an example or what does that look like on an everyday basis? Is it a routine of you getting up before your significant other, your wife, and you're preparing your mind for the day? What does that look like? Um, it's funny you should say that. <clears throat> I get up way before my wife, and that's my um, devotion time to God where I, I pray read, spend time with him, prepare my mind, prepare my heart for the day, whatever I have to do that day. And then I put myself on the uh, chopping block and say, Lord, I'm here to die today. Not my will, let your will be done. And I try my darndest to live by that. You know what I'm saying? When when I see, uh, when I feel things, I do my best with the spirit of God in me to die to those things. When I try to um, say it could be something as simple as uh, the dishes need to be done. And I know. Wait, wait a minute. Time out. So I'll make sure I'm going to make sure I get this right. So in the aspect of marriage, it could very well be something that is primarily in the culture emphasized to the wife that you will step up and do because you hold such a high regard for that responsibility. Now, 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 listen. 
That ain't what I'm saying. <laughs> that ain't, that ain't what I'm saying. I just want to make sure. No, no. You're not going to put me in that box. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> However your house runs, the man might do the cooking and the washing clothes and the dishes. And the other house, the wife may do it. Anything is open to whatever needs to be done because we're just one team. It's right. one team. Now, I'll say for my house, the only non-negotiables for me is I don't like my wife to pump gas. In six years of marriage, she's probably pumped gas three times. And I didn't like that when it had to happen. And I take the trash out and I kill bugs. So those are non-negotiables. <laughs> right. But if I have, if I need to cook, I cook. If I need to do the dishes, I do dishes. If I need to clean toilets, oh yeah, I do. I, I do the bathrooms. I do the bathrooms, the toilets, the tub. I do that. But anything else that needs to be done, we're a team. So I don't. To go back to the dish, say to the dishes, say if she said I'm gonna get the dishes. But I have the opportunity where, hey, I'm not doing nothing. I'm going to do it for her. Not because that's that's uh, that's her job. She's supposed to do that. I'm just helping out. It's like, no, she, she, she said that she wanted to do the dishes. But because of my willingness and desire to be of service to her, I want to try to lighten what she has to do today. So I'll I'll go do the dishes, and that's just one aspect. It 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 doesn't take any special skill to show effort, and most times you can eliminate having to get the Gucci and the Louie and the Lululemon if you just show some love and appreciation and some effort. Come home with some flowers sometimes. You won't have to buy the red bottoms, the, the Christian Louboutins, the G, the Givenchy. Because right. she can just throw that to the side. But if she know my man loved me and brought me some $15 flower homes and some $15 flowers home, and he wrote a hand, he wrote something in the card and didn't just sign his name, they keep stuff like that. That means more than a Louis bag. That depends on the type of woman. But I, 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 I'm glad that. you. I'm glad you said that because then it's like you know. You... I'll take the risk. I'll take the risk and say most women. I, I can get. I can get with most that. Most women don't require those high end things if they have a high end guy. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Because they know if the high end guy has it, he'll get it for. Her. Right. But she doesn't require it. Got you. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> man, you dropping, you dropping, dropping some nuggets, you know, of some things that um, are definitely necessary. So we got a couple of comments. Um, Aneta, which is one of my wonderful, wonderful um, Facebook friends. Um, she was saying, go to God first. Washing dishes gives you wisdom. I can attest to that. Um, take those clothes, um, fluff and fold. Um, she hates taking out the trash. Um, and um, that's something that's a consensus. Uh, I actually, um, since I've moved back to Atlanta, um, every Tuesday as a, you know, to kind of like 
as an agreement I have with my mom, even though, you know, we're not in the same house, every Tuesday I go, it's Tuesday and if it ends up where, you know, it, it goes a day um, more or further because of a holiday, every Tuesday and some Wednesdays, I'm there and I take that trash out every Tuesday. Why is that? Because it's teaching me a responsibility of, you know, the consistency aspect that women are looking for. When you are consistent and you stay on course with what you say you're going to do, uh, it helps out. Um, she says she got a list of um, um, things for her future husband to do. She's so silly. So let's dive into um, the aspect of the consistency that's necessary in order to even get to that point. Um, when did you find out that the consistency aspect was one of the more important things that you had in order to get to the level of getting married? Because I believe that if you don't have a high level of consistency, you don't need to get married. Like you, you don't. So talk about the consistency aspect. Well, I think you need to go into it knowing what you want. Okay. Um, I don't think it takes a long time to, uh, <laughs> I don't think it, find, it takes a long time or a lot of days to find out if somebody is going to be somebody you want to marry mm-hmm. be- because there are only a few non-negotiables. The rest, mm-hmm. you can just work out with almost anybody if they hit the, the kind of landmark non-negotiables mm-hmm. so it doesn't take 10 and 11 years of dating the same person to find out if they're marriage material um, right. so once you see okay uh, for example with myself I met Leah um, <laughs> I used to not like to say it but I was Facebook shopping right I was just hidden hey, listen that's how I that's how it starts. Right. I was ad friend. Ad friend. Oh, she find ad friend. Ad friend. <laughs> I and did I, it when the Facebook first happened. That's all <laughs> I did. I went through and I had all these fine, fine, fine women. And I just went through and, you know, had my little conversation, but continue. Right. But everything that's fine ain't fine. So No, that, sir. But out of all, all of the people that I added, she was the only person that accepted my friend request that whole day i think out of that whole group and so i began i hit her in the inbox so ladies answer your dms stop being like that but anyway (laughs) she answered my dm um and we just began talking i found out that she was she also belonged to an apostolic church and Mm -hmm. uh we believe the same thing um and so from there, we furthered the conversation. And as I just talked to her every day, I got a good sense of this person is really grounded. They love God um, for real. They say for real. They're not just in church to get a man. They would be in church if men didn't exist because they love God. And right. I found out she had a good family, mom and dad married for 30 plus years uh mm-hmm. consistent right. on consistent as far as in church and in 25 days i said i want you to be my girl and so after then 
And you know, we're out of town. I'm in Birmingham. She's in Knoxville. So all we're doing is conversating. And I think, I thank God for that distance because one thing that people run into is they try to be intimate physically, which is the lowest form of intimacy before Wait. they know the person. Wait, say that one more time. You say, say so the physical part is the lowest part? It's the lowest form. Wow. Think about, think about what the Bible says. That which is seen is temporal. That is which is unseen is that which is eternal. Gotcha. So the things that you can see are temporary, but people rush to the intimacy of the lowest form and don't know that person. And so because of our distance, it forced us to have to talk and not be entertained by going to a basketball game or our dates being the movies and we're not talking and engaging with one another. With uh, 253 miles between each other, we it's either talk or you don't have any kind of relationship. Mm-hmm. So we, we, we talked a lot. And even with us talking a lot, it's taken being into marriage year five to really open up in some areas of vulnerability to actually really get to know one another. But you have to talk to to people and, like you said, build that consistency and build up. So after 25 days, I said, yeah, I want you to be my girl. And about a year later, I was engaged to her. And uh, 11 months later, we was married. So we only were uh, together a little over two years before we get got married um, because it doesn't take a long time to do that because some things will only be revealed at the next level. And I think it's a bad idea to try to uh, test drive things before you own them, especially when it's a God thing. And statistically, people that live together before they're married typically end up in divorce more so than people that didn't live together previously because it's a blessing on doing things God's way. That's that's deep. So let me ask you this. So in that 25-day period uh, of you knowing and you seeing, when you presented this to her, uh, would you say that there was some resistance? Because, you know, the ladies nowadays, you know, sometimes when they see that a gentleman is, you know, doing the things that he needs to do, um, it can be a little scary because they've gone through some, you know, some pains of, okay, I've been down this road before, everything looks good. And okay, now it's time for us to walk down the road of, hey, we're going to be going somewhere. It's scary. So did that initial introduction after you say 25 days, did that kind of bring a little bit of, you know, kind of fear, reluctancy um, on her part? Um. If it did, she didn't make it be known. Okay. Um, <clears throat> but I think it was more on my behalf because I was like mo- most guys are. I was a serial situationalist. You got to explain that just a little bit deeper for the people in the back. <laughs> a serial situationalist is a guy who entertains girls 
never officially makes them anything but conducts himself in that relationship as though they are together but anytime the opportunity presents itself he could pull away because i never did say we were dating or we were together and so after you have maturity in yourself and you see the dead bodies behind you you realize this needs to stop because it's only God's mercy that you hadn't reaped what you sowed. And a lot of times, for me, what I did was once I got serious with, even I say this before I got, before I even met Leah, I took time and I was by myself. Mm. And I called the women back that I had hurt and apologize to them. You know what? I I was I'm sorry for stringing you along. I, I apologize. I was ignorant. I was immature. I didn't know no better. I was being told better, but it didn't click here. I had mm-hmm. people in my ear telling me that you know you shouldn't do that. You should you should let that girl know what y'all gonna be. I was like, no, no, no. I already told her we just friends, but your actions show different. You calling every day. You sending good morning texts every day. You saying good night every day, but you know, y- y'all ain't official. Ladies, anytime a man don't put a definition on something, he's not a real man. Remember the first one of the first jobs Adam had was to name the things that he saw. So a man need to be able to name what's in front of him. What is this? is a good question for a lady to ask even before you go on the first date what are your intentions of this because i don't believe in casual dating man listen we might have to do we might have to do uh, a part two um but when we get off of the line i got i got something i want to present to you um so we'll we'll have that talk so from a ministry standpoint, you know, and I wanted to dive into that because obviously, you know, your belief is that it is a ministry. The service part, the emphasis on the service part, why do you believe that in today's time that marriage is not presented from the aspect of the service element, which is the more important part, laying down um, your life on behalf of another. Why do you think that that's something that's not really emphasized? And even, you know, in the church aspect, it's not, it's not readily emphasized. It's, um, and, and I'm, you know, because, you know, both of us come from, you know, apostolic organizations or whatever, and, or, uh, you know, apostolic backgrounds. A lot of the times it's introduced from the standpoint of, okay, you know, you being, you know, a minister and, you know, at one point in time, me diving into that, it was always presented that, okay, you know, you become a minister or, you know, you even get saved, you know, all you got to do is just, you know, be saved or be in that uh, being that running to, you know, do ministry and that now because you're doing that, okay, it's time for you to go out here and grab one of the sisters. It's like a rotation. So why do you think it's, it's not so readily emphasized in today's time? Cause dying's not sexy. 
Jeez. Dime's not sexy. They, your show's Sex in the City. Scandal. Who want to go see Come On in Jesus and Die? Come on with Jesus and die. That that don't that's not that's not gonna sell. Put it on the church billboard. Come here, learn how to die. This 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 not that's not sexy. That's why you don't see that being the next Tyler Perry uh rom com or whatever, because that's not going to sell. Uh the reason I don't think it's promoted is because <clears throat> I have to watch my words. A lot of people aren't doing it. Mm. Um, they're together, but are they really submitted to one another? Do they even know what a godly marriage look like? Looks like? Do they even know what's required of them in from the word aspect? So you can only build what you what you have seen before. Either you've seen it from a from a blueprint and you know how to build it or you've seen a pre-existing building and a lot of people especially in the black community have not seen well established healthy marriages and how can I duplicate what I've never seen or even been introduced to and I'll be honest I didn't learn about that death aspect of marriage until I was married it was, you know, you need to marry rather than to burn. Uh, you, you a minister, you can't, can't go high in ministry unless you marry, have a family. But I wish I would have known the aspects about the death aspect of it. But I learned that in the death you actually become alive, and so. It took the death to have a resurrection. So what you're really doing is dying to those little boy tendencies and really becoming a man once you decide that, you know what, I'm going to die for this lady. And we'll, a lot of men will say, hey, I'll die for my wife. But that only requires you to die once if you die physically. But to be able to die to your Die pride, every day. Oof. Die to your pride, die to your pride. <laughs> Be able to look your your homeboys in the face and say, "No, nah, I can't hang out with y'all. I'm going to joyfully go hang out with my wife, not my old lady." Cause do do I want her to be an old lady? I'm gonna call her what she is. I'm mm. going. I'm joyfully going home to my bride. I'm gonna have a good time with my bride. And another thing is. I'm not on I'm not just going to do for her to get something. Oh. I've Ooh. seen and heard where men only touch their wives unless they're trying to get some. And they wonder why the sex is so limited in their marriages because they're they're married but they're still practicing intimacy on just a physical level. When she asks how your day doing and you just say it was okay, you're not opening yourself to intimacy. You wonder why you try to touch her and her, her shoulder is cold. It's because your response was cold when she was trying to get you to open up. So I've learned <laughs> to say, you know what, 
How was your day? Well, I had three loads on my dispatch today. It was kind of long. Because uh, my life, my wife like details. Um, when I got that's, that's truck, almost every that's every woman. <laughs> that's just keep it one hundred. That's every woman. Details. If you don't tell details, she gonna be a little set. So yeah, I understand. I, I got in the, I got in the truck and I, I it kind of started a little little rough, but I, I started getting better as the day went on. But you know, my day got a whole lot better when you had, when you called me for lunch. I really appreciated that. And you just. Open yourself up and talk. And when you pass her going to the refrigerator, give her a nice, a nice hug and embrace. Kiss her on the forehead. Hold her hand while you're at the grocery store. My wife told me one of the sexiest things she ever seen me do was, was being a daddy. I was like, you know what? <laughs> me and the boyfriend <laughs> go out in the yard and throw the ball. So that's a, hey. And you'll be surprised how more open she is when you are intimate when you've been intimate with her outside of the bed wow that's because intimacy for i won't say all women intimacy for a lot of women began before your clothes even come off how do you treat her every day how do what does she hear you say about her is it that I got to go home to my old lady or does she overhear you saying, Hey man, I got to get off the phone. I'm here with my, my bride here. I got to, I got to talk to her. How do you, how do you treat her? Do you listen to her? Do you, do you touch her passing by in the hallway and not just on the bud? Just, just, just give her a hug and embrace. Let her know, Hey, I'm here with you. Hold the hand in the car. And be intimacy, create that intimacy where she desires it. If you give her intimacy where she desires it, she'll give you intimacy where you want it. That's, that is lesson. So um, we're going, we're going to wind down and then, um, yeah, we're going to have a conversation you know, after this. All right. So, um, last few things. So from a ministry standpoint, so you're saying marriage is ministry because the aspect that you have learned is not only the dying aspect or the death aspect of your, uh, pride, your, you know, even sometimes your ambition or even your motives, is what drives the marriage and not just the aspect of you being a husband, but it's the actual understanding that I am serving this individual throughout the different changes that's come for the rest of my life. Absolutely. And then you, you realize that when you do see, say you see another beautiful woman out on the street, and then, oh, she built like you want, smell like you want, look like you want. But if you've done the work, you realize that doesn't mean nothing. Mm-mm. Because what I've died for at home, oh, man, if I get sick, she'll, she'll clean me up if, if I got sick. You know, if, if I needed somebody to feed me when I couldn't get up, she'll do that. I don't know what that girl is no. 
Mm. She just a pretty face. That's a dime a dozen. And but that is a learned aspect of it. But until you die and fully give your energy to that one thing, being your spouse, you never know what you could fully get out of it because you divide it in too many places. You're still trying to do your own thing. You're still trying to be the player with your homeboys. You're still trying to get your girl on the side. But you picture this, right? Mm-hmm. You've got a 32-ounce pitcher. Mm-hmm. And you're pouring it out into 15 different cups. Mm-hmm. And I got one cup that I'm pouring all of it in. But I only get one that I can drink out of. I'm going to get more benefit if I if I pour all of my energy all of my resources into that one cup that God provided for me instead of trying to do two ounces over here with the homeboys, two ounces over here with with the girl at the office, two ounces over here, those might tip over and dry up. But I got my resource jug right here, the one that I'm dying for. God's going to look out for me to make sure I get back what I've given and I think that's what a lot of guys we they got we've got trauma that we haven't dealt with, uh, little boy issues that hadn't been dealt with, and we've I'm 37, but some of us that are 37, 40, our wives might as well deal with the 10 year old version of us because we hadn't grown up. Mm. Last thing um, before we get out of here, because I know you married man. You want to get back to your bride, um, which yes, hopefully sir. she had a chance to hear all of the wonderful things that you said about her, which is it's a beautiful thing to hear. Last thing, what advice would you give to um, gentlemen like myself and others who are on the outside looking in and um, wanting to successfully have um, a how can I say it? What would you give to information or advice would you give to, you know, those men who um, are looking at one day making the step called marriage? What advice would you give to them so that they are readily um, mentally open to what that's going to include? First thing is to heal. Mm -hmm. Heal. Heal from all of the trauma heal from all of the pain heal from all of the we say women have daddy issues but heal Mm -hmm. from all of the father issues that you have especially men that are in our community that have i didn't grow up with a with my natural father in my life heal from all of that uh lack of male affirmation and then you try to accentuate that by trying to conquer women and becoming more of a macho man trying to conquer and destroy women because you didn't have daddy to say, Hey son, I love you. And I affirm you heal first, heal first. And once you're healed, then be able, then your second step needs to be to, to answer this question. 
am I the type of person that the person I'm looking for is looking for? Meaning I need to become the type of partner that the partner I desire would want. Because most times we want a person that if we presented ourselves to them as we are, they would not want us. And so become the type of person that the person that you're looking for would love to have in their lives. And once you do that, then you can be a type of man that's looking for a woman that is the quote-unquote Proverbs 31 woman. Because unless you do the work up front, you don't qualify for a Proverbs 31 woman because she's not going to want you. You need to do the work. And that's what I would tell men. Do the work up front. Gotcha. And gotcha. ask good questions. Ask good questions. Whatever mm-hmm. you want in your household, talk about it up front. Stop having weak conversations. What you doing today, girl? Ask real questions. How do you feel about being a mother? How do you feel about if one of our parents gets sick? Are you okay with them moving in the house? Ask the big questions up front. So you don't have to worry about it on the back end. Gotcha. Well, this was a wonderful conversation. Um, It's marriage ministry. One thing about me is um, I have my point of view about it. And obviously, you know, some things I stand on. But you did educate me today that um, I might change up a a little bit of the view that I have. So um, I appreciate you taking out the time to um, have a conversation with me uh, here on Facebook Live. Um, so again, um, where can they find um, your podcast again? Because we said it at the very beginning. So we're um, as we get ready to conclude, um, you know, let everybody know where they can find your uh, podcast so they can get more of this wonderful and vital information that you shared with us today. Uh, We are the Faithful Few Podcast. Like, share, and subscribe with us on YouTube. And we are available on all podcast streaming platforms, Apple Music, Spotify, Anchor. And we will be dropping another episode on February the 24th. Perfect. All right. Uh, Mr. Antonio, thank you for your time. Uh, Everybody that tuned in, uh, commented, and liked, we thank you for tuning in. And this won't be the last time. Um, Definitely working on, um, you know, definitely working on some stuff on my end. And, um, you know, hopefully, uh, Mr. Antonio, if it's okay, um, we'll come together again on, you know, even um, other, you know, topics, different things like that. So with that being said, thank you everybody for tuning in to pop up live with yours truly coach Brian and Mr. Antonio, uh, Consetta. Can I, did I say that right this time? Consenta. 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 Okay. I'm going to get it right by the next time. Make sure <laughs> Mr. Antonio Consenta. Thank you for your yes, time sir. and everybody else. We will see you soon. All right. Take care y'all.